Bold and Blonde. Welcome to the Mindset Evolution Podcast. The podcast to get tools for a powerful mind you can use immediately every day. Get tips, tricks, skills and inspiration to create what you desire and achieve a content life wherever you are. And here are your hosts, Cathy Tate and Daisy Pub. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution, the podcast that gives you tools for a powerful mind. I'm Kathy Tate, your host from Australia. With me, as always, is your host, Daisy Papp, coming from America. Hi, Daisy. Hi, Kathy. How are you? <laughs> I am well. It is raining like crazy today. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the sun will show up again, also in your area, I'm certain. I'm certain it will too. <laughs> but it's cold, Daisy. Well, is it still winter? You're getting into spring. It is spring, yes. It's not winter. Then I'm really surprised that you say it's cold. Interesting. Well... Well, I said that for a reason. You said the sun is shining, but it's cold. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. So what's up your sleeve? Okay. So we'll explain what I'm talking about to our audience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So today's episode, as you would have seen from the title, is named But. To bring this to your attention and have a conversation about it is because when you use the word but in the middle of your sentence, for example, the sun will come out again, but it's cold, Daisy. <laughs> when I say but and add something in the second half of the sentence, it kind of negates or dismisses all of the first half. Mm. And I wonder how many people realize that they're using that sort of normal conversation and don't understand the impact of that language. Because we have discussed many times how important language is, not only to us and the people around us, but to our bodies as well. But to our bodies as well. Exactly. Now you really got it fine-tuned. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I appreciate that we have topics that we air that are sometimes coming from conversations you and I have in private. So it's really out of life. And I truly appreciate that. So the word but can be used for a good reason. And it can really mean I'm going to diminish or delete almost all the value of what I just said prior to the but. So for example, yes, I would like to go to the movie theater with you, but I have other things to do and actually my stomach is aching and I'm not really interested. So now that I want to go to the movies with you is absolutely obsolete. It's as if I never said it. Now, I hear it oftentimes from couples reporting to me, those I work with, that there is so much misunderstanding caused by the butt and they don't even know. I do recall one time, maybe more often than once, that you mentioned, yes, you make a specific outlet of our bodies out of our mouth. It's also spelled A-S-S. -S. So that is something that actually happens when we use the word but. So maybe that's why it's called but, just with two T's, actually, the physical part of the human body. But we are saying it in our conversation, in the communication. Get it? But and but. 
That was a little bit rambly. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I don't know that that was important, but we're talking about your butt. Well, actually, so the moment I'm using the word butt, I'm making a butt out of my mouth. I'll just say ass. Just say ass. And then giggle and go, oh, potty mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You can say that I don't. So maybe when we look closer at language, maybe the word butt should be written with a B-U-T-T. Because that's actually what happens, because everything we said prior to the word but is actually obsolete. It's diminished in value. It is as if we never said it. Oh, like shite. What is that? It's the polite way of saying shit. (laughs) You see how innocent I am when it comes to body language. Okay, thank you. So I learned something new. Thank you. So I think it is important that we understand what our communication skills cause in our everyday life. Many people are not aware what they are doing, why they do what they're doing. And I'm referring to speech as well. So I can use the word but in two ways. Let me give you an example. I love you, but you do this and this and this, and therefore I cannot like you. So actually the I love you has zero value in this sentence. I can also say, well, I have so much to do, but you know what? I'm going with you to the movie theater. So I can use it to either emphasize what I'm saying after the word but, because I do that anyways, but I can do it purposefully, or I can diminish what I said before the word but. Follow me? Yeah, I think so. I think what you're saying is that the order of where the but comes is important. I think what you really want to bring across is important, and then you place that depending on where the but is. Maybe we're better off just using a better word and not using the word but. Totally. I totally agree with you. And if we're using but, then at least let's be aware of what it does. I love you, Mm. but you do ABC and therefore I don't like you. So the I love you is no longer relevant at all. But I emphasize the part after the but. Yeah, I think this is important because I don't think people mean that. Like when you say, I love you, but you do this, people don't mean to undo that I love you. I agree with you. Now, as a consequence of the language, they technically are doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that perhaps that would be a case where another word should be used because they don't want to undo that first part. I think and is very good. I wonder where the word but comes from (laughs) that we started using it in this way. I don't know. I just see the impact in my client sessions. And oftentimes an argument can be soothed when we change our language. For example, I love you and I could love you even more if you stopped using ABC or doing ABC. So when I change how I speak, I will get different results. And I think when humans are more and more aware of that, that their language has a huge impact on the outcome, then we will be so much more selective in the words we are using every day without even knowing what an impact we have. So where does it come from? Did you look it up? Because she's in the meantime, while I'm talking, looking up the word <laughs> and its origin. Okay, so I have looked it up. 
and it is a little confusing, I have to say, unless you learnt all about these the English language and they're used in different ways. And I can tell you now I'm not an expert on that. However, there's three ways to use the word but. One's a conjunction, one's a preposition, and one's an adverb. Don't ask me what that <laughs> means, except that they're part of how you construct an English mm-hmm. sentence. I never actually learned about them in school. Well, an adverb is a describing verb. And for that one, but means only or just. And the example is there is but one mm-hmm. God. So they're, in that case, using but instead of the word Mm -hmm. only or Mm -hmm. just. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I mean, with the usage of... Yes. Now, I think that's probably the one that we're all familiar with. And then there's the preposition. Again, don't know what preposition really means, but I can understand how they've used it. They're now saying that it's used instead of the word except. The example is no one replied but Mm -hmm. me. So you can see if you replace the word but with except, that still works. No one replied except me. So that's another way to use it. And then the longer one, the conjunction, (laughs) has four ways you can use the word but. So the first one, my brother went but I did not. And that I think is perhaps what we are talking about here. Because what we're saying is that when we put the but in the middle, we're kind of being contrary to what we just said before the but. So let me go back. I love you, but because you do ABC, I don't like you. Or I love you, but you do ABC, so I will not love you soon. What a threat. I think probably more that means I love you, but you do ABC and it annoys the hell out of me. Doesn't mean I don't love you, but that annoys the hell out of me. (laughs) That would be how I would take that. It doesn't negate the love, but it adds a condition to it. Yes. In this case, when it comes to love, I think it is more disconnecting when I use the word but. When I'm at the restaurant and I said, oh, I'd like to have a salad, but please don't put a dressing on it. Then I'm adding a condition of the salad into the sentence. But I think when it comes Mm. to personal intercommunication, that it is a good idea to become more aware of it. I'd love you, but you eat chicken. So what is it that you focus more on? That you are not lovable because you eat chicken. I just make up these examples, please. I have nothing against people who eat chicken. So not to confuse (laughs) anyone, just as an example. I'm going to help you, but you need to help me too. So now it's a business They feel all like conditions to me, I've got to Mm -hmm. say, even the loved one. And in common use English, in my experience, that is exactly what it does. It adds a condition. Now, when we're talking about love, we're not supposed to add conditions, are we? We're supposed to love freely and as is and that you don't believe in unconditional love. I don't say that. Well, you have said that to me once upon a time. Wait a minute. That's not what I recall. You don't believe it's real. There's no such thing. I do not recall ever saying that. I really recall you saying that because it was very controversial (laughs) in my mind. 
I do believe it is unhealthy when we love people unconditionally. <laughs> but now here comes the word. <laughs> Unconditional love does exist. But how many people are using it or believing that's the only way how love should be in existence mm. is very unhealthy in many, many occasions. Because when you treat me poorly and I commit to unconditionally love you and stay with you, although you beat me and you scream at me, you yell at me, you maybe gossip about me on truths behind my back. If I was committed to unconditional love, that would most likely make me stay with you, although I'm in a very discomfortable relationship or unhealthy relationship. I can continue loving you from a distance. That's the condition I put on it. Yeah. I put the condition on it yeah. to the unconditional love. I love you unconditionally, but the only con but <laughs> the only condition is that I will love you from a distance because I cannot endure loving you that close because it's causing me more harm than it brings any love into this world. So that definitely sounds like somewhere you would say, I love you, but. So I truly believe in unconditional love. We're onto something here with the condition. I think that is what this is about rather than negating. Maybe it's about negotiation. Yes. It's also about negating. It depends on how I use it. But I think it's a great discussion we are having because I was not taught how to use the word but and what it does to what I'm trying to bring across. What's the point that I'd like to deliver? I'm not sure that I was taught how to use it either. And in fact, I think a lot of people could say that. It perhaps is one of those habits that we pick up from listening to other people and the way that they speak because... You have to admit that our language, our spoken language, is a lot more relaxed and a lot more informal than our written communication. Even more so these days with the shorthand and with communicating non-verbally, like a text message is very different to how you would write an email or a handwritten formal letter or an application which would be much more formally spoken. So it's interesting to compare how we would write something as to how we would say it, because I think that they often end up being two different ways of trying to express the same thing. And I do think it's actually easier to express yourself in written language. One, because you have more time to think about it. <laughs> Two, because you have kind of more time to say it because you're not doing it right there and then in speech. So you've got time to compose it. You've got time to review it. You've got time to express yourself. You've got time to use the longer sentences with more in it. So you're expressing yourself more. And then our speech can be so different and so much less formal because of our cultures. And I know that's certainly a thing here in Australia when you talk about language, we use a lot of slang, we use a lot of short words. It's a whole thing in our country to shorten someone's name to the shortest possible. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, Daisy, you'd be called Days. Oh. Like, we would still shorten it. It's five letters. It happened to me <laughs> that people then say Days. You've got to be kidding. Please, would you just add the Y to it? But 
Many people stick to the days, which I actually don't like so much. Well, see, over here, that's considered affectionate or a pet name. That's very nice thing to give somebody. But we have found Americans don't like that very much at all. And it took me a little while to get used to my name, Kathy, being short of Kath. And in fact, it's kind of strange because I don't like it written that way. And I don't really like being introduced that way. But once you know me, I'm fine being called Kath because then it feels affectionate, mm-hmm. you see. But if a stranger did it. You see how you just used but? Actually, I didn't even notice. Did I use <laughs> yes. but? I did not even notice. <laughs> yeah. You see, it slips in and it slips out. And that is just so amazing. We have a great opportunity to become more and more aware of what we say, actually, because it does have an impact. And once we become more aware, we can be more selective, more precise. And that goes right back to communication basics. Say what you mean and mean what you say. How often is it that you hear someone across the street because they're just yelling at their dog and then they're using foul language and potty mouth and they're cussing and really loud. I'd like them to write it down, as you said. And then I'd like them to read it if they really meant what they just wrote. And most likely they will say, oh, no, it was the anger out of me, but, you know, it had to come off my chest. So they're justifying. Now, this is a moment where the but is also used to justify something. Mm. Now, I wonder how many of our listeners now will be recognizing the overuse of the word but in so many different aspects. And it may inspire their attention to notice and then change it for themselves. Yes, I think that I've just proven without trying that it slips into your language without you even realizing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and the word but is but just one word. <laughs> oh, you're so cute, Daisy. <laughs> and so how many other words slip out of our mouths and leave our lips? And actually, when we become aware, it's actually a sad thing as well, because these are one-way tickets. Whatever leaves our lips can never be taken back. Yeah, that is true. And I think that that knowledge actually once upon a time held me back from talking at all. It was that I don't want to share an emotional moment and then feel I can't take it back because I said something that I didn't really mean in the height of emotion. And so I would just not say anything. And I'm not sure that that's any better saying nothing. So it is important that we learn these communication skills for our own mental health so we can express ourselves. Because there's one thing that I learned over the years. If I don't know what I'm trying to say, Nobody else is going to know. They can't read your mind. Yes. (laughs) So we need to get clear on it ourselves first. And communication, inside communication, is the starting point for that. An awareness of our words. Mm. And then the beauty of it is when we become aware more and more about our communication skills and the words we're using and what is really leaving our mouth, 
When we become more aware of that, then also our intra-communication, the words we tell ourselves and the way we think, hmm? sentences and words and how we speak to ourselves, we all do it, hmm? will also be refined then. So we will become more selective. So I either change it within, which is also a good catch, and we can change it outside. So the words that leave us. And I agree with you, holding it back is not a good idea, but we can learn. You see, I said, but, but we can learn to speak without anger from our heart. Look, this really hurt me, what you just said. Instead of telling you that you're a beehole or female dog or what else is there in the vocabulary of the cussers and <laughs> potty mouthers around the globe. And in all different languages now, imagine. You really are terrible at swearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a compliment. I take it as a compliment. Yes, it is. Thank you. It is. And I do like how you use the word, but in the right order there. I caught that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can even say it. I can say, Kathy, I don't love you romantically, but I love you platonically. You see, I emphasized what's after the but, you see? So when I learn to use the tongue that's with me, when we're lucky we're born with one, I know there are exceptions. But when we then learn how to use our tongue, there's a reason why it's called the mother tongue. While we're in the womb, the hip bones of our mothers, they function almost like a stereo environment. While we are developing in the womb, we hear our mother. Mm -hmm. We hear the sounds and the language and the brain already conditions itself to the familiar sounds. So it becomes easier to speak later on, although babies don't really vocalize mm -hmm. in language. They have their own language. It's oftentimes noisy. Mm -hmm. So there might be even a hint in it, mother tongue, that I understand there are good mothers and they're not so well-equipped mothers. I think respect being paid to our mothers brings peace within us, doesn't make the wrong right. I'm not justifying, but I try to inspire a little peacefulness because the language is so powerful. How many people abuse the language, for example, saying, oh yeah, it almost killed me. Really? Well, almost. Well, you're still talking to me. Apparently, you're still alive and around. That has become very apparent to me in recent years, how overdramatic we get with our language and we don't use the words for their proper purpose. And that's a good example. Same as loving everything. Like, is not overusing the word love? Totally. There's a whole episode right there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know of humans, those who are using it and overly using it, when you ask them, what's your definition of love? You might be surprised. I was interviewed the other day and I said, I love humans. They looked at me as if I was an alien. Their eyes grew big. Their jaws became heavier. Gravitation apparently worked in their spot better than elsewhere. And I said, yeah, I mean it. I understand other people love dogs. Other people love cars and boats. And other people love fishing or golfing. 
Well, I love humans and I mean it. But everyone is responsible for their own language and their self-development. All I can do, that's what I feel is my calling, is to offer knowledge to be acquired. Everyone can pick what they like and what they don't like. They just leave it on the shelf. When I go to the grocery store, I don't stand there in front of a shelf where they have some groceries that I would never even want to touch hmm? because I just don't like it. I'm not standing there and complaining, why do they sell it? Why do they sell it? No, I go about my shopping and I buy what I like and what I need. Well, I hope you're stopping at the Bold and Blonde podcast aisle, Daisy. (laughs) When we will have one, then I will stop at that aisle. Absolutely, yes. And who knows, who knows what's going to happen with us, how the podcast is growing and evolving. But I know one thing for sure, emphasize, see the butt, that we are doing our best to serve humanity wholeheartedly. 100% with you there, Daisy. I know. And I was going to say a minute ago, guys, we have 126 topics on the board now. So whatever it is that you feel like learning or you feel interested in or you feel like you need some inspiration in that area, just go to baldandblonde.live. There's a search box at the top of the page and if you pop your topic in there, there's bound to be an episode on it. Now, if you get no result, then I need you to go to the contact page and tell me (laughs) (laughs) so we can do an episode on that topic. We would love to hear from you. We love hearing topic ideas and feedback. And we also love it when you share our episodes with your family and friends. Just from you guys out there sharing, we are now in 76 countries. It's true, not one single paid ad. We're super grateful to all of you. And we do ask that you please do support us so that we can keep being ad-free and bring these high-quality episodes to you every week. So that's it from us at this time. We'll talk to you soon. We are Bold and Blonde. But we will be back next week. Mindset Evolution. Talk to you next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening in to the Bold and Blonde Mindset Evolution podcast. Please share our podcast with your family and friends. Together, we make this world a better place. For you, for us, for future generations. Visit us at baldandblonde.live to get freebies, give feedback, and even support us with as little as $1. Talk to you soon.